one boom ladies and gents happy halloween second show of the day and i got rid of the long white targaryen hair but yo it's time to talk about what kind of lesson can you learn in martial arts if you guys are in the martial arts space looking to get into that space or just want to relax and have something to get your aggression out of then this show's for you let's do this here we go shut up and sit down look a business can give you everything you want in life prestige wealth freedom it can also take everything away from you this show is for those who are willing to take that risk these are the real life stories of entrepreneurs but before we start i have one small favor to ask please leave a comment it can be advice critiques tips feedback or share this with someone because your engagement is the most valuable and most powerful form of social currency so thank you and welcome to another episode of business Plus. Look, there are a lot of things you can learn from martial arts, like discipline and progress. And I love to use fitness as a parallel to business because many can relate. Today, there are so many out there, including myself, who are online working to build a brand and create a business from making content. Some are selling their own business products and services while others sell other people's stuff. Today's guest is here to tell us all about how to craft the perfect offer and turn followers into clients. So let's talk martial arts and business with Mr. Ryland Davis. All right, bro, I promised you a party when you came on the show, dude. This is what we do and how we do it. Welcome to the program. Oh man, excited to, excited to be here and I love the I love the vibe, dude. It's good. It's going to have some we're going to have some fun today. All right, it ain't the vibe that you get when you're about to walk into the ring, right? Complete <laughs> vibe, but still an intro nonetheless, man. And I'm, yeah. I'm wondering, dude, because I mean, we we you kind of told me a little bit about that because we were playing some music before before the show even started. Um, and like me personally, dude, I grew up playing baseball, some football, mostly baseball. And right before the game starts, they always have the national anthem, right? And like, I don't know if it's just me or if it's athletes in general. But like when that song nears the end and you start feeling it, like there's a little, there's something that clicks inside of you. Some like juice that's like, yeah, this is, it's go time, baby. And I was wondering, like when you get ready to go into a fight and you play that music and you're coming into the fight, what's that like, dude? Like what's going on in your mind and, and like, how do you get in the zone? Well, it's, it, here's the part that's kind of interesting is that uh, when I first started fighting, I used to listen to super hype music when I first came out. And then my first or maybe second professional fight or my first professional fight, I actually walked out to James Brown. And the reason okay. why was because I would come out and, and a lot of fighters uh, probably know this pretty well. As well. So I used to wrestle in college as well. When you come out too hype, your adrenaline's pumping. And you have a huge adrenaline dump in the middle of the mm. fight, which is what you don't want. Right. And so I started listening to I switched it up. I started listening to R&B. John Legend, The Weeknd, like I started started listening to that pre-fight just so I can ease into the fight and not have that like huge adrenaline dump. So it's a little bit different for fighting, but I used to, you know, I went uh, and played D1 in, in football as well. And that was the that was the thing was like, let's get as hype as we can. But it's totally different when you get into MMA. Yeah, I, I was wondering about that, dude, because you got to go for a while. So uh, like professional MMA fights, you're looking at three rounds, five rounds, right? Five rounds. Yeah. Or no, I'm sorry. Three rounds of five minutes. Three rounds, five minutes, and uh, like, what's your specialty? Because MMA is different types of yeah, stuff. Yeah, so I, I started. In? So I, my background was in wrestling, right? So I started in wrestling, uh, like you know, in middle school or so, and then I went and wrestled for Central Michigan University, uh, and then I actually fell into fighting. I didn't mean to. So what happened was, I actually tore my groin in college, 
and it was recovering from that. And that a friend of mine was like, Hey, I need some help with wrestling. He was a fighter. And so I was like, okay. And started working with him. And then they needed somebody to jump in for sparring. And I was like, okay, I'll, I'll do that. Might as well. And then I got my ass beat. And I, <laughs> and I have this weird problem where if I'm not good at something, I get obsessed about it. Like, I'm like, I mm. have to, I have to perfect this. And then I got into it and then I moved to Arizona to a place called Arizona Combat Sports. Um, Trevor Lolly was a head coach. He trained like Ryan Bader, CB Dalloway, Aaron Simpson, like some of the bigger names in UFC. And uh, he was known for creating, turning wrestlers into strikers. And so I got obsessed with my right hand and kind of did that for a few years. So the interesting thing was like I, I had an interesting kind of career in fighting because I, I was good. I was talented. But I wanted to do something like in the business space for a long time. And I got really lucky. My coach, Trevor, who I'm still friends with, I still train jiu-jitsu there. And I remember I had a really hard conversation with him. It was after the UFC tryouts. And that was back when uh, the Ultimate Fighter show. Remember that show? Yeah, I remember that show. So I went to the UFC tryouts for that. And uh, that was in Vegas and didn't make it through to the interview. Uh, basically, I was too boring. <laughs> and yeah, uh, you, you got to have some sort of drama on those. Yeah, things, right? exactly. I mean, yeah, like, quality fighters. Cool. But if you're not sparking something on the screen, it ain't it ain't going to happen. Yeah, I was not. I was pretty boring. And so uh, I had a conversation after my third fight, won the third fight. And basically, they were, we were told by the UFC, hey, a couple more fights he can be in. And I had an opportunity to do this sales career that I knew that could like really propel me and, and get me, you know, things out of life. And I sat down and asked him like, Hey, what do you think I should do? And I remember he goes like, man, you're too, you're too smart for this game. Like the thing about mm -hmm. fighting and this goes with entrepreneurship as well. Cause that, that's kind of our, that's kind of where I'm at. I'm in the middle between how can we learn from martial arts, MMA wrestling, the skill development there, self mastery is really what we're talking about and apply that to entrepreneurship. And one of the biggest things that I learned even there is like to make it to the UFC to that high level of a, 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 a of a thing, you have to commit, like stay on your friend's couch. You're not working. You're training three times. Like I was working a pretty boring job. I was uh, uh, working in, as a bus mechanic, by the way. If you are in Phoenix and you ride the bus, don't ride it. Because I, If I fixed it, like I didn't <laughs> fix it right. And uh, but I was training three times a day. And so anyway, I wanted more like for myself and, and all that. So anyway, I, I transitioned over to the sales career after that. But I think there were so many lessons that I learned along the way that that's why I was so able to go from entry-level sales to executive in three years was because all I did was apply what I learned from skill development and self-mastery from fighting over to sales and then now entrepreneurship. Well, let's talk about that broke life, dude, because everybody looks at UFC fights and they're like, dude, look at the purse for that and the best knockout. Look at the purse for that. But not everybody gets to go to that level. Like, what's the what's the road like? Like, I mean, statistically speaking, if, if you even have those numbers on you or whatever, like what's yeah. the odds of a fighter even making a substantial enough living where they can train and just be a fighter the whole time? What's necessary for a fighter to be able to even do that? Well, this is where, like, again, I had that why I had that conversation because at the time, and this is different now, but at the time in the UFC, the starting salary was eight and eight. You eight get eight grand to show up to weigh in, and then eight grand if you won. So if you won, and let's say you get three fights in a year, I mean, you're you're not really mm. making that much money. It's not a livable wage. And so for me, again, like at the time, I wasn't in the UFC. I was a, a professional promotion out of Arizona that I was uh, working with, and I think the most money I made in a year was like three or four grand. And the mm -hmm. only reason why is because it's really hard, especially if you have a background like I do. Again, I was a D1 wrestler. Nobody wanted to fight me at the time. So like 
people would back out from fights. So I wasn't fighting that often. So I just wasn't making, you know, really money. So, but that's what I mean. Like, it's just like anything else you do. If you are that, if you, that's your purpose, you're like, this is all I want to do. Like I'm willing to sacrifice financially for as long as it takes. You can make it to the UFC. Like it's not, it's not unheard of to do it. And I've known plenty of guys that I'm friends with that have made it, but what they were sacrificing, I wasn't willing to sacrifice. And that was the financial freedom. That was, can I create something from scratch? And, you know, again, why, you know, I talk a lot about offer building is because of the fact that like, you have to start with what do you want? And what I wanted wasn't to be a UFC champion. And that was the reason why, you know, I walked away from it. Dude, that's a tough, uh, like you love the train, right? You love to play, but you weren't willing to sacrifice that. And, and it's funny because I parallel that to business in general, right? We always see people like the Elon Musk's of the world, especially right now he's big in the news because of the whole Twitter thing, right? But yeah. the dude's a billionaire, right? And and I think when people get into this entrepreneurial entrepreneurial space, they look at somebody like that and they're like, dude, I want to be the next Elon Musk. No, you actually don't. Like, you don't know what it what he does on a regular day-to-day basis, the commitment he has to his to, to his overall getting humans on Mars. It's not just the one company. He has a, a yeah. major agenda to get to. And it's a day-to-day grind. You're not willing to do that. You might be willing to put up strong six figures, quarter million a year, 300,000 a year. But to make billions of dollars, that's a whole different mindset. And I love that you said that about, you know, I wasn't trying to be the UFC champion. So this is why I backed out. So what did you decide to do? Like, What level did you decide to get to? And uh, do you, I mean, you said you still train. So what's that for? So that's just for just my own sanity in general. So jujitsu, I still train jujitsu. And I think the biggest purpose for that. So I have this thing called uh, read, write, lift. It's like my thing that uh, with our elevated coaches academy, like the entrepreneurs that go into it, we have certain laws that we have all of our clients abide by. And one of those laws is read, write, lift daily. And the reason for that is, is like you have to read, write is obvious, right? Like you have to have a certain amount of input coming in. But the, the writing aspect of it, and this is where people get screwed up, is they don't write enough. They don't put out enough. So your input is too much, and that's when you overwhelm comes. So you need that output. The exercise portion of it or lift or whatever, you have to be able to get out of your head and into your body. Because mm. if you don't, that's when anxiety comes. That's when the overwhelm comes. And right now, I'm growing three businesses. There's a lot of crap that's in my head at all times. And so what's what's most important to me when I go to jiu-jitsu, for example, it's for mainly two reasons. One to to remove all of the things I think I need to do to get as tired as I humanly can. And at the end of it, what stands out, that's the priority. There's a guy named uh, Dan Sullivan. And uh, he wrote uh, Who Not How with Benjamin Hardy. He has a company called Strategic Coach. And something that he said uh, in this interview, he talked about how if you want to know what the most important thing to do in your business, you start with the asking the question is, what am I avoiding? And that is the thing that you need to work on most because usually that's the thing that's going to tip the scale. So for me, I can't tell what I'm avoiding because I'm so chaotic, right? I'm, I'm running Elevated Coach Academy. We have our marketing agency and then I, I do corporate sales training. There's a lot of things there. But when you're dead tired and your ego strapped dropped because you're getting your butt kicked by everybody in the gym and all this, that's when the when you leave that practice and you still have one thing on your mind, that's the priority. That's what you need to focus on. So secondly to that is when I do jujitsu, it's a it's a great way for me to get back into what got me into the what I call like getting back to the dance, right? What got me to the dance was being able to decode success of others, right? So in jujitsu, you sit there and they teach you a move 
it's similar to football, right? Like they teach you a drill, then you do it. Same thing with, with jiu-jitsu. Here's the move, and then you go and drill it. Well, imagine if you took that same philosophy to entrepreneurship. So how many different skill sets are there in entrepreneurship? Well, you have sales, you have lead gen, you have content marketing, you have, you know, retention of clients, you have, you know, leadership. There's a bunch of different things you can improve on. But imagine if let's just take sales, for example, and you trained the beginning of the sales call like you drilled jiu-jitsu, meaning you did the beginning, just the beginning, not the whole call, but you did the intro to that. 10, 15, 20 times over and over again, and you automated that response like in your neural pathways, how much better would you get? And so jiu-jitsu oh, yeah. for me is the parallel to all things in life and also in, 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 in entrepreneurship. And the final thing I'll say about jiu-jitsu is, you know, in jiu-jitsu, it's funny because we talk about how um, in jiu-jitsu, you don't invent moves, you discover them. Because the truth is nobody invents anything. There's probably someone in the favelas of Brazil that created that and you don't know about it, but you find it. You almost like tap into something and you discover it. That's the same for content. That's the same for sales. That's the same for everything we do in entrepreneurship. There is no unique offer that no one's ever done before. It's just, are you willing to discover it and spend the time to develop the skill to be able to give that to other people? And so anyway, to me, jujitsu is life. It's like, <laughs> it's like the parallel to all things. And so that's why I still do it today. No, I mean, uh, I know a lot of people who who roll every single day. They're in that place, like like church, like, and it becomes a family to them. The people in yeah. that space, they're so close to them. They are their essential family, right? I mean, you you roll with people all the time, and then you're gonna go out somewhere. Those are the boys that you're going with. Like, it's it's crazy. Uh, I also tell people all the time, like, don't ever approach anybody in the club like you're hard because you don't know what kind of training goes on today, yeah, behind the scenes, know. right? You just don't you know. No <laughs> it gets yeah. crazy. That's, that's also, too, like why – so, like, Elevated Coaches Academy, the, the, the concept of it came from jiu-jitsu. It actually came from martial arts. So the idea was this, right? What if – because today, listen, I'm, I'll be honest with you. I don't really love – I'm a coach, but I don't really love the coaching industry so much. And the reason why is that – we have all these coaches that stand in front of everybody and go, listen to me. I have the keys to success. I have the hacks. I have the this, right? I know everything and I'm, I'm phenomenal. Um, the truth of the matter is I don't know everything. I'm, I'm good at a handful of things and I know enough to be dangerous about a lot of things. However, I don't have all the answers. But when you look at jujitsu, it's a group of individuals that all have the same have the same goal, which is to improve a little bit every single day. And so I looked at it and go, okay, what if we created a mastermind community, a coaching community that's like that, where you have everyone that's really, really good at various different skill sets, and we all work together to improve, right? We all fail fast together. We all learn faster together. And of course, like I do some training and I do some, some coaching in there. But for the most part, like if we have like, for example, we have like a content creator that's uh, in our academy. That person probably knows about creating content more than I do. It doesn't matter that I own an agency. That person probably knows more. So I'm going to go, hey, can you give a lesson on this? And so mm -hmm. that's how we kind of created it. But I think, again, it's one of those things for me where jiu-jitsu has helped me so much to like cut down my ego. We all have an ego. I think maybe I'm just a little bit more upfront about it and I'm honest about it. But look, you don't think that I look at other people online and go, man, I could fucking do that better. Of course, mm -hmm. I do. Of course I do. But then I go to jujitsu and I'm choked out by like a 140 pound man. And I go, man, I'm not that, I'm not that smart. <laughs> I'm not that good. And then what do you do? You get better. I love that, man. I, I, I remember listening to Jocko and he was talking to, I don't know who he was talking to. He's like, he's like, man, he's like, I'm a pretty big dude. He's like, if, if I got in the, if I got on, on the mat with you, like what you'd choke me out. I don't know how long would it take? Like at least, you know, a minute, two minutes. He's like, no, nah, dude, under a minute. 
like 30 seconds probably <laughs> tops and I got you because you've never trained. You've never been in yeah. this space, right? So he's been practicing his entire life. He's going to get him down really, really quick. Uh, I want to go back to the topic of things that you're avoiding, right? Mm-hmm. So um, I, I related to, to just working out. Like I wanted to get a six pack. Never had it before. Uh, so in 2020, I got started, and the thing that I, I, know, I always see, avoided. I see you posting every day, going right? on your walks, dude. Do I it. See you. It ain't a walk, man. It's a run. I'm off there like nine minute miles trying to get that thing down. So it, it's finally here, right? I got it. But it was one of those things where like I avoided running for so long because I didn't want to do it. I hated that. I avoided doing push ups for so long because I didn't want to do that. Uh, the next step is I avoid doing pull-ups all the time. So pull-up bars coming right around the corner. Those things that we avoid are those things that are going to take us to that next level. As an entrepreneur, what are, those, what are the things that you see them avoiding most often? It's okay. So going back to what we were talking about earlier, we're talking about uh, kind of talking about alignment. Okay. What do you want? And so with all of our coaches that we work with, the first thing I ask people is what do you want? And then the next step is we have to align what you do every day with what you want. So go back to, again, your, your six pack, right? Like you want a six pack. Now imagine if every day you tracked your behaviors and you weren't running, you weren't doing cardio, you weren't doing sit-ups, you weren't working on those things. How bad do you actually want it then? And so the hard question is, and what we avoid is that hard conversation in the mirror going, do I actually want this? And by the way, it's okay. Like we've been inundated with this idea that you need to make six figures to be successful. You have to make seven figures to be successful. Maybe you don't want that. Like, I, I can't tell you how many coaches that I've worked with in our academy that they tell me they want to be successful, but their everyday behavior does not line up. And I have to have that hard conversation going, I don't think you actually want this. And if you don't, it's okay, but let's do something you actually want to do. And so I think when it comes to like, that's the first step. Okay, what do you want? The next step is tracking your daily behaviors. What are you doing every day? And if you're not doing those things that's going to align what you want and what you do every day, it's time to reassess. Does this even make sense to me? Like, this is actually what I want. And then the final step of it is kind of what you're already doing is you realize along the way that the goal you set out to have is not actually the outcome. So, for example, in jiu-jitsu, going back to jiu-jitsu, there's a, there's a level they call black belt. Everybody knows, right? And when you first start, you think the goal of jiu-jitsu is to become a black belt. But what you'll find is people get to their blue belt or maybe purple belt and they drop off. They stop going. That wasn't, the, that wasn't the outcome you actually wanted. What you actually want is to improve every single day. Mm-hmm. You want to, so there's, it's not the end goal that we want. It's the journey to the goal. And so I see this a lot with people. That's why I don't like the idea. And I get a lot of flack for this, but I don't really love the idea of going, my goal is to hit six figures or my goal is seven. No, 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 no. Your goal is to blank, whatever that purpose is. Like for Elevated, our purpose is to help people realize they deserve more. That's what we yeah. do. All three businesses are tied to that one thing helping you realize you deserve more. Now, if I do that and it gets me to a million dollars, $10 million, that's awesome. But the moment that I start making it about the money, the moment that I, my behaviors change, my, my, I start to operate differently. And then guess what? It's going to be harder to get there. There's more resistance. Does that, does that make sense? It does. It does. But the, the, the hiccup that I always come back to is what do I want? Right. Because that what do you want? Sounds like such an easy question that everybody should answer. But it's the hardest question to answer. It's damn near impossible for the most part, mainly because even the way you described it, it's like, I want this. No, that's not what you actually wanted. Right. Like that, that, that part, I feel like part of it is, is you grew up a certain way. You were told this is what you were supposed to do. And what you want, what you say you want, is not really what you want. It's what was imposed on you. It's what 
is expected of you, but it's not necessarily what you want. I love how you describe it with the actions of the day. What are you, what are you doing in the day? And why is that last thought sitting there? Because that points you in a direction that like your, your mind is kind of toying with you because your mind's there just to protect you. It's not really there to help you get to that next level until you harness your disciplines that are going to get you to that next level. Your mind's trying to keep you cozy in your bed, relaxed, chilling, doing nothing. So how do we really figure out what we want? I mean, like that's such a hard question to ask. I'm wondering how often do you have to ask that? And how often do you have to break down that, bro, do you really want that? Yeah, it's, it's a, so it's an everyday thing that you have to kind of do. So one of the things that I usually, it's a homework assignment for for our clients is I, every single day I have them write down in a journal, what do you want? And they write it down every single day. And what, we'll, what they'll find usually is either one, they found the thing or that wasn't it. Because what when you find out what you want and it's super, super clear and it's something easy that you should be able to do every single day to get there, uh, life becomes easy. So again, like for for us, the helping people realize they deserve more. That came from my past experience. So my, my uh, father went to prison when I was seven or eight years old for domestic violence. I grew up in a really kind of screwed up home. We were evicted a whole bunch. And one of the things that I realized for me was that I was a victim in everything that I did. And I even past the point of being evicted and all that stuff, I became a victim in my mindset. So mm. and everyone kept giving me excuses. So if I didn't do well in school, it was all you have a hard life at home. Your mom isn't around. Like she's working a lot. Like you have this going on. So I started making excuses and I started pointing at the world to say, Hey, I don't have what I want out of life because of circumstance or, or excuse. So when I went back in my life and I go, the biggest moment for me, the aha moment that I had was, Oh, victimhood is a choice. Like I can choose to look at the world differently. I can choose different behaviors. And the biggest thing for me was realizing that I can be whoever the fuck I want to be. Yes. Like I don't have to uh, uh, deal with like what people do today is they go, this is who I am. And because of who I am, this is the goal that I could reach. No, 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 no. You start with what you want and then you choose to become the person that could get that. And and I watched the interview and forgive me, I forgot the interview, uh, the person that you're talking to, but he mentioned start with why by Simon Sinek. Simon. And he said that that was a great way to to find the purpose. I think Simon Sinek was wrong when I mean, that's a bold statement because Simon Sinek is the man, right? Yeah. The problem is start with why doesn't help. You have to start with who. Who do you want to become? And then why you want to become. So who starts first? And if you if you read like Atomic Habits, for example, he said that one of the greatest things you could do is act like someone who can uh, have X outcome. So the mm -hmm. example he gave was like uh, the person that st actually sticks to quitting cigarettes, like for example. It's one of the hardest things to quit. So the person that you go, if, let's say tomorrow you quit smoking cigarettes. And I asked you, hey, do you smoke? The person that says, I don't smoke anymore, it's more likely to relapse than the person that says, I never smoked. I don't smoke. Hmm. Why? Because they made the decision. That's who they are now. And so my, my point is this. When you, when you ask the question, okay, how do you figure out what you want? I think what you start with is asking yourself that question every single day. And then you look at your behaviors. What you'll find is if it's not aligned, it's not that maybe you don't want that thing. It's that the thing that your body, your, your, your everyday intention is avoiding something. So there's this game of figuring out what you're avoiding and game of figuring out what you want. Once you stop avoiding, and by that I mean just removing your circumstances, stories, and excuses, and you simply just do the things that the person that you want to become would do, you do it long enough, you start to see some, some results. And the evidence to support this is like, again, for the Elevated Coaches Academy, what we do is we track behavior. So there's a thing called the Daily Folks Report. 
And there's five things that I have our people do every single day. And then we have them rate on a scale of one to five, how, how much, how effective they did that task. And again, what we, we track that because again, in three weeks, let's say you and I meet and you told me again, you wanted to be a six figure coach. I'm going to go, well, three days in a row. One of the behaviors we track is, is did you offer something every single day online? And the offer doesn't have to be a pitch. It can be, Hey, go watch uh, my podcast or sign up for my newsletter. But if you don't do that for three weeks, what are you avoiding? Oh, you're avoiding being visible. You actually don't mm. want people to know what you're doing. So it's not that you don't want it. It's just that we have to, we have to adjust for the, what you're avoiding. So there's this balance of asking yourself every single day, tracking your behaviors, and then you have to have that hard conversation of, of figuring out if that's something you actually want. That's the routines. That's the disciplines. That's the things that you put in place that you actually do. That's, that's the hard part of to-do list, right? It's like a to-do list doesn't really keep you up. I, when I, I journal, I actually have two journals that I keep now. One is at the end of the day, and that's just where I, I dump my day, right? This is yeah. what happened in the day. This is what I think was, was great. This is what I think I could work on. But then there's another one that I keep, and this one tracks everything. It, it Like I have a date, and then it's like, how many push-ups did I do today? How many curls was it? How many? What was my pace for my run today? How many miles did I do? These are the minimum standards for my day. Did I check off all my minimum standards? This is my ongoing to-do list. And this is my one thing that I got to get done today. If I do this one thing, I'll feel like I'm productive. And that to me is the one that's really pushing me forward because the minimum standards, those are already all I need to do to move progressively in the direction that I want to go in. Everything else is cake. Right. Like after that, it's bonus work. I, I complete my one thing. That's even better. And then I can knock something else off my list. That's even more. But it's like you said, it's progress. And I'm not beating myself up if I don't hit every single metric on there. As long as I meet my minimum standards every day, I'm moving in the direction that I want to go in. But I love the rating part. That I think is a big difference because now it's like I did it. But how well did you do it? Because you don't do everything exactly. at 100 percent every day. Well, then we can find out other things too, right? So let's say, for example, one of the things that we have on there is um, is is outreach and, oh, creating every single day. So it doesn't mean that you have to put out the content, but you have to create content every single day. Like for me, I write every single day and I have lessons learned and things like that. doesn't mean I post it, but I create it. And then the question I'm looking for, one, of ten, one out of five, is how effective. And the reason for that is, is let's say you did the thing, but mentally you weren't there. Now we can figure out, okay, what should we do beforehand to put you better in the right mindset to be able to create? Do we need to mm. create in the morning? Do we need to create at night? Like we got to figure out that, that thing for you. The thing is though, regardless of how you feel about it, you have to do it. I just want to make it a little bit easier for you. So there's less resistance, but I love how you mentioned, obviously the minimum standards like that to me, you, you, it's like, what. Again, it goes back to who are you? Like, I'm the person that does these things every single day. No mm -hmm. ifs, ands, or buts about it, right? Like, you know, you, you look at like David Goggins. Well, David Goggins is a freak of nature and everyone goes, that's just, that's an outlier. No one can be like that. No, you can, you can. so long as you tell people and you're honest with yourself and say, this is who I am. Like, I'm the person that does these things no matter what, whatever the excuse is. Yeah, and, and he, he talks about it all the time. He wasn't this guy. He created him. Right. Exactly. He created this David Goggins version of himself. Uh, I like what you're describing, too, because it reminds me of uh, Relentless, Tim Grover. Right. And that that book is talking about the cleaner mentality as well. Like just this is just who I am. This is what I do. The The other part I wanted to ask you is like there are people around you that are that are 
in your space, right? These are the people that you, we talked about. They're your family, the people that you roll with all the time, the people in your co- in your coaching group. But then there are other people, the people that are close to you, that are that your family. They don't quite understand how your regimen and how your style is in play. And they tend to, I mean, I use my wife for an example. She's, she can't fathom for the life of her why I stick to my routine so much. She's like, don't you want any spontaneity? Don't you want any break? And for me, it's like, no, man, like this, this is my joy. This is my progress. Like this progression of me doing things is what pumps me up. It's what fires me up. I look forward to it. The spontaneity stuff, you're throwing my whole game off. Like you're going to mess up my, my normal routine. How do you tell people, especially when they're around people that they're not necessarily trying to knock them down. They're coming from yeah. a place of love, but they're gonna stop you from where you want to go. How do you address that with your with your coaching people? Um, so first and foremost, this is not about your wife. Your wife is probably lovely, and so just don't don't take this advice to your wife because I don't think it will work very well. But the way <laughs> the way that I look at it is, is is this, and there's an example that I always give to people, which is um, I, I said this to my team recently, right when we we launched our three businesses and we're growing i said this is where we're going this is the vision you can get on this train and come with me and i'm gonna drag you along with me because we all can do this together or if you're not down with this get the fuck out of my way because you'll get run over by this train and yes. and again don't say that to your wife but no. well, <laughs> i think maybe the train really... part we'll see we'll see <laughs> <laughs> but i think what's what's really important is we do this thing where we go like okay well our friendships are going to be be there for them, so on and so forth. But my thing and, and my viewpoint of friendships and and even family for that matter is that I only I've gotten to the point where I only want to do things that's going to serve me and what I want. And it's super selfish to say that. And this is but I'm trying to make being selfish cool again because we do a lot of stuff for other people. The what what we post online, we're always trying to get likes. We're trying to do that. And mm-hmm. everything is about other people. But no, I'm trying to do something that's going to serve me, and make my life better. If you want, you can come with me. And if you do that, I can promise you, you will improve your life and your business. If you don't, just move out of my way. And, and I don't think there's anything wrong with that inherently, but I think we're afraid to say that. Because again, what would they think about me? There's an example I always give. Like if, if today, uh, if literally today, you just started posting motivational quotes every single day, Sarah saying motivational things every single day online. You never talked negatively about anything. You said, didn't say anything controversial. You'll have people going, what is wrong with you? Like, what are you doing? Like, this is kind of whatever. Those people are not for you. Like, there are people, there are friends that you have that you've had for a long time that are used to your past self. And in order to progress, to grow, to elevate, as we say, you have to be able to find people that are going to be okay with your future self. And I think, especially in relationships, like my, my, uh, my fiance, she helped me grow this business. There's a point that I wanted to quit and she told me not to. Like, she's ride or die, man. And but the thing that makes us unique is that her and I both are on parallel lines. We're both growing together in the same direction. The problem that I see with friendships or relationships in general is when one person's growing, one person stops. Mm-hmm. That's when problems happen. And a lot of our friends, a lot of our friends are okay with the status quo. They're cool with going to work in nine to five and then going home and, and looking for the report of the weekend or going out to do whatever. And though, you know, I still have friends that do that. But the best part about them is they don't ever hold me back. Like they don't ever be mad at me if they go, hey, Raylan, you want to come over for the fights? No, I got to work. They don't ever say anything because they understand. 
uh, they understand like the difference between us. So I think in friendships or whatever altogether, as long as we can stay on parallel lines and everyone's growing together, I think it's a good friend. I think it's a good relationship. But the second that one person stops, it's time to maybe have that conversation of going, hey, man, like, you know, I don't want to hang out with you that much because you're boring. <laughs> like I got stuff yeah. to do, you know? No, dude, 100 percent. Man, dude, this 30 minutes just like flew by, dude. I know we had so- fun. It was, it was. All right. So obviously there's going to be people who are wanting to get elevated themselves. They want to take their business to the next level. They're like, dude, this guy knows what I'm talking about. This is how I feel. I want to be as selfish as this guy. I'm just afraid to say it, but maybe learning from Raylan, I can do that. How can people get a hold of you if they want to work with you? Yeah. So if you go to elevatedcoachacademy.com, you can kind of learn more about the academy. But the nice thing is my YouTube channel. If you just look up Raylan Davis, I have free trainings on there every single week. Um, but also if you're interested, I'll send it to you so that way you can give it to your listeners. But we have the, what I call the offer builder template. It'll help you build an offer that actually people want to buy. It takes you step-by-step on how to do it. So it's free 99. You pick it up anytime, but anytime you, you want to reach out, follow me on the socials and, uh, we're here to serve. That's it, man. Hey, thank you very much for coming on the show. Uh, you really got me thinking I've, I've been considering, I'm, I'm, I'm really hanging on here. I'm gonna, I'm gonna do it. It's one of those things I'm. I actually, want, I'm gonna lay, work more on the what I want before I even launch it. But I'm gonna do this uh, this new show. Uh, I'm, it's, it's called uh, the What Beautiful Women Think, uh, and it's part of my own dark side, dude. It's part of the whole me getting a six pack thing and like having conversations with the wife, and she's looking at me like a little funny. I'm like, dude, this is just who I am, bro. Like, <laughs> this is this is. Let me tell you what the show's all about. I'll help you guys out. So you just kind of put me in a position where again like looking in the mirror and saying, what, what do you want, dude? Like, this is your life. Be a little selfish yeah. with what you want and go after. And again, this goes back to even when we're talking about the offer, the, the offer builder, but like, that's why when we were building an offer, the, one of the first questions is what do you want? And mm-hmm. if you did this for free for the rest of your life, would you be okay and not resentful about it? And the reason I start there is because like a lot of people, including myself, by the way, have started things and we don't finish. Well, why is that? Because we didn't actually want to do it in the first place. So I, I think uh, I'm excited for this new new show, by the way. I think it'd be really interesting. But yeah, I, I'm I'm loving, again, that your your journey and you actually taking it upon yourself to have those minimal standards and you're growing, man. I love it. It's 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 a process, man. 1,055 episodes. You're 1,055. So like, again, oh. commit and enjoy it. You love it. You're just going to keep doing it. Ladies and gents, Another great episode down. If you guys want to reach out, make sure you guys check it out. Scrolling across the bottom one more time, elevatedcoachesacademy.com, elevatedcoachesacademy.com. Reach out to uh, to Raylan. You guys find him on, find him on social, Raylan, at Raylan Davis. Uh, and yeah, reach out, man. Anytime you're ready to take your, take your life to the next level, it's always good to have a coach, somebody who thinks the same way you do. And again, you're going to hop on a train or you're going to get the hell out of the way. It's really that simple. Peace out, y'all. We'll see you guys on the next one. Later. It's over. Go home. Is your business in need of marketing? Try starting a podcast. But not just any podcast. Podcast like a pro. We can show you how to take your business from being invisible to becoming a brand people trust. Go to www.businessbros.biz to get started today. Business.